Today, we'll talk about how major and minor changes to your home or office decor can result in big shifts in your life. Hey, it's Cheryl Sitz, and welcome to Exploring Possibilities, where we're all about transforming life from the inside out in holistic, spiritual ways. Broadcasting since 2012, for your convenience, our show can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all of the major podcast platforms, as well as at journeyofpossibilities.com, where we house our entire library. That's like 260 interviews now. How exciting. You'll find them all right there. While you're there, give us a little love, won't you, so that we can keep bringing you these shows free of charge. You can do that at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And we'll talk feng shui in just a moment with Laura Staley. Mario, your work has taken a new direction lately that's pretty exciting. Tell us about it. Thank you, Cheryl. One of the things that I do is remote support. And what does that mean? It's like I can train you on your website if you're needing to do some updates. I have a client of mine that they call me every so often and I remote into their computer. And for two hours, I show her how to do something on WordPress, on Wix, or maybe Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel, or even your email. And I have another client that I work with and they're having issues with their computers, and I troubleshoot like if Microsoft Word doesn't open or they can't get to a website. And sometimes I'm just doing maintenance. I check their uh, backups to make sure everything's working. I verify that the passwords are working properly, their email's working properly, virus scan, all of that remotely. I don't even have to go to your house. And during this whole lockdown, it keeps me safe, keeps you safe. And why not give it a shot? You can contact me at MarioVasalas.com and let me know how I can help you. Laura Staley was trained and certified in the Western School of Feng Shui. A practitioner, public speaker, author, and compassionate coach, she's the founder of Cherish Your World. You can find that online at CherishYourWorld.com. Laura helps people thrive in the spaces where they live and work. To help us, quote, transform life with Feng Shui, she wrote Cherish Your World, 100 Practical Life-Changing Tips, and another book, Let Go Courageously and Live with Love. And that's about her own journey. You can pick up a copy of that book on a link right below this podcast, and that'll give a little love back to us to keep the show going. Joining us now, Laura Staley. Welcome. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It's a, it's a joy to be on the show. I'm so glad to have you. I really enjoyed your books and I actually practiced some feng shui, probably not enough, but I'm I'm aware of it. So I'm looking forward to what insights I'll glean today when we talk about how I can improve my world a little bit more through the space around me. That's quite a fascinating art. How did you get started in that? <laughs> it's interesting. I came to it by way of um, a flooded finished basement. <laughs> it's the uh, first story in Let Go Courageously. Um, and I, ha- I had um, an experience, you know, a month after that happened. And of course, we lost a lot of items. And it was, you know, disruptive and small children at the time. Um, and I was with a family member at that time who was just so excited about this. I had never heard of it before. She just said, oh, no, this book I'm reading, it's so good. It's all about feng shui. And she had a beautiful home. And I loved her home. And then she's like, oh, no, it's about your home feeling good. And I I just, I thought, okay, what the heck? I was curious, a lifelong learner. And I opened the book and to the section where it said, live with belongings that you love. Mm -hmm. 
And I was hit by that because honestly, I thought it was stuff. (laughs) And after, and then I, I just got intrigued, right? Like, what is this idea? And I went back home and walked into my home and saw hand-me-downs everywhere. And not only that, Cheryl, I saw hand-me-downs that I loathed. Mm. And then I looked deeper at my life and had a deeper aha. Now, I did not hate my life, but I had lived according to other people's scripts and expectations of what I was to do with my life. And in that kind of like deep, place of, wow, I actually have a hand-me-down life, meaning I had, you know, taken those scripts and pretty much run with them. I was a full-time parent at the time. I loved being, I still love being a parent. They're, they're adults now, but I loved that. But I had also done a lot of things with my life according to other people's expectations. And so it was just like this profound, deep aha moment. And in that space of the permission to live with things that I actually love and had lost a whole bunch of items, right, from the flood, Mm -hmm. that I just went about the process of letting go of even more and, you know, keeping open space in, in my home. And in the journey of that, and it's continued to this very day, I found my voice. I found a passion for a lifetime. I found a career calling. Uh, and, you know, a few years after that flood, I went ahead and got trained and certified because that very book um, by Tara Catherine Collins, The Western Guide to Feng Shui, Room by Room, it had information how you could become a practitioner. And it planted that seed um, for me to go ahead and, and pursue that path. And I bravely, I bravely did that and then got certified in 2004. So, you know, one of those silver, silver linings and it's excited me since then. And I love the difference, the positive difference it makes in the quality of people's lives. And I especially have stepped into the deep self-discovery work, because if you haven't done the inner work, and really aligned your inner life with your outer life, then it's just an opportunity to have those two beautifully talking to one another. And it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. So the way I like to see it is, you know, it's heart, soul, and space. And it's really a holistic transformation for those who really want to take it on because our, our belongings are speaking to us, um, but, our, but our hearts are speaking to us at the same time. And what story are they telling and what story can we create from the inside out? Sometimes the beliefs that we hold inside are being reflected in the way that we're keeping or maintaining or cluttering up um, our spaces or you know, holding on to loathed hand-me-downs, <laughs> as, as I had unconsciously done. The nice thing about it is you can actually work the two in tandem. So if you don't know where to get started with your inner work, as we start to shift the material possessions, the inner work starts to move. If we move the energy outside of us, the energy inside of us starts moving. And if we move the energy inside of us, the energy outside of us starts moving. The two are just a mirror of each other. So I think it's kind of cool that we can play whichever one we want to will affect the other. Oh, absolutely. And that's what's so exciting. You know, I've, I've had conversations and, and this is what just gets people so curious, right? 
is uh, they'll get wondering about, uh, you know, wow, why am I holding on to this this wedding dress? The marriage ended years ago, and they realize in the letting go of the wedding dress that inside of them they had shame and, you know, failure and all that associated with with the, the wedding dress. And then the relief that they experience of letting go, I'm just using that as an example, of letting go of that item, they just have this freedom inside their heart from the shame, the sense of failure, because maybe their life has completely moved on and they're in a brand new, really good fit, loving relationship. But here's this, you know, past marker, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will, of, you know, um, a bookmark or whatever we want to use, you know, like hidden in their space that's still kind of tweaking them about that shame and that what they may perceive as as a failure in their past um because the you know the physical objects are often um past based especially the things that show up as as clutter that are blocking our creative expression that are blocking our health that are blocking our prosperity or just living a fulfilled life and i've got you know several different ways of of seeing clutter as linked to emotional energy and i'm happy to go there if if you want to in this conversation because i know it's a it's often a a a a rich topic that people are fascinated by because they've got some form of clutter in their physical space and likely in their heart and psyche you know it would show up as limiting beliefs or like um i know michael singer in untethered soul talks about the thorns in your heart and it's kind of like that, you know, what are the unresolved emotions that you're carrying around and what are those physical objects in your in your space that you're holding on to that keeps it all blocked and unflowing? Because the, the, the invitation with this ancient wisdom is to be in the flow, you know, kind of like you were saying, there's this inner and outer conversation well it's a it's a dance and it's ongoing you know it doesn't end it's not like one day we arrive and aha you know because i see us as ever evolving and growing and lifelong learners and there inevitably is going to be something something in your physical space and in your in your life that you can look at through those fresh eyes and through through this wisdom of, of feng shui, of being in that flow and giving ourselves permission to live with items that empower us now because we're, we're constantly changing. I mean, nature, it's based in nature. So nature is, uh, you know, constantly cycling, right? We're now, we happen to be in the season of autumn and the leaves falling, right? All about letting go, letting go. And it's often a great time for people to uh, let go. It's kind of like there's spring cleaning, there's New Year's, New Year's Day cleaning that some people do. They'll release a lot of clutter on New Year's Day. Well, at any juncture, maybe there's a birthday coming up and you just really want a fresh reboot and restart. Well, that's an opportunity. So our lives cycle. And, and, and if we stay in that flow and we embrace change, and of course, right now, change seems to come at us rapidly, right? And rather than resisting it, if we embrace it, then, you know, something 
you know, opens up in the space, some new possibilities uh, uh, emerge that we hadn't seen when we actually bravely let go of the past or a belonging that no longer serves or inspires our lives. Or maybe it's even something that you really, really love, but it, but you're not interacting with it in a way that's meaningful to you right now because you've just outgrown it. It's served its purpose and it's just time for someone else to uh, treasure it and value it and be supported and inspired by it. So can we put it into the flow? Um, yeah. Well, Laura, one thing I'd like to talk about from the book, one of the things that I bookmarked that I really found powerful, again, we're talking about the book, Let Go Courageously and Live with Love, because letting go really is letting in. And that's kind of a nice paradox to that whole letting go idea. You talk about the different organizational styles within a family. And that can be a huge thing for couples and couples with kids where one person is one kind of organizational style and the other's another or disorganizational style, however you want to look at it. And so there's all this picking back and forth about, well, I want it this way. Well, I want it that way. And and they're, they aren't all getting their needs fed. How does that come together harmoniously in the way that you work with people? around feng shui? Well, first of all, it, it's important for each person to identify their style. So there's the mind melder, there's the eye spire, and then there's the hidden treasure seeker. And we can be a mixture of all three. So I want to say that right off. Now, we may lean into one or the other uh, of these um, more, but then there's a, the shadow. And I think of kitchens often as being a combination because we often have so the iSpire, those individuals need things out in view to inspire them and, and, and remind them of the projects or the actions that they want to take. So, for instance, in, in, a, in a kitchen, it may be the fresh fruit out in a beautiful bowl on the table reminding everybody in the family to eat a piece of fresh fruit that day. Um, and then uh, the mind melder. So eyes buyers need things. They need to like visually see the things that they care about and that inspire them to do the work that they want to do. Um, the mind melder needs to. They're usually the person who needs to clear the table at the end of the day and put everything away. They they'll also know where things are behind the cabinet drawers. So if it's the, the mom who you go, mom, do you know where my blah is? And they'll go, yes, it's in the third drawer down, pull it open, and it's on the far right side. And bam, you know, there's they're the rubber bands, <laughs> right? Or whatever object it is that you're looking for. They'll literally remember what's behind closed doors. And for them to be productive and happy and fulfilled, they need spaces to be clear and clean, especially at the end of the day. So these are the individuals who want to clear the space, that want to clear off the desk, put things in the file cabinet, put things in the drawers in an organized um, fashion. Your hidden treasure seekers, those are the people that get really excited finding the $20 bill in their pocket or, you know, their, their favorite, I don't know, something or other in the glove compartment, right? And actually the quest is part of the joy and they'll find all kinds of treasures that is sort of like a dog. They've buried them <laughs> in all different places around the house. So first of all, knowing which one of these 
that is your way that you enjoy is first of all really important to identify. And then um, also notice what are the public spaces, the shared spaces in a home. So if you have a family, that's a whole mixture, right? You've got a hidden treasure seeker in your family. You're a mind melder. And, you know, let's just say your spouse is, a, is an eye spire. How do you all mm-hmm. now get, a, get along without making each other crazy, <laughs> right? And, well, and first of all, it's like in the shared spaces, you know, have, have a conversation about how you can be respectful of those three different styles and what you want to create the intention of that space. So if it's a family room, can you have a shelf that has baskets with, you know, the toys in them, but, you know, for the mind melder, they can kind of put them back away on the shelf, but for the I Spire, they can see the basket labeled with the items that they know they want to pull out and engage with as one, as one possible solution to a shared multi-purpose space. Um, but to have those conversations about what is this space for? What are we doing here? So, for instance, in a bedroom, a bedroom is for restorative rest. And if you're a couple, you know, and that's interest to you, it's for intimacy. And so are all the objects in that space aligned with the intention of the bedroom? So if you've got an I spire who wants to put out all their work, you know, on some horizontal surface in the bedroom, that may be a chance for a mind melder to say, hey, for me to have a restorative rest at night, is there any possible way that you could relocate these items to your office or a corner of a room where you can handle all those bills. Can we relocate the workout equipment so we don't walk into the bedroom and wonder, is it time to sleep or is it time to work out? <laughs> right. And the, and so for the mind melder putting, you know, if there is no space to put that for the mind melder to cover it with a beautiful cloth. Right. And um, and then for the I spire to uncover it in the morning to remind them that when they walk into the bedroom, they're going to work out. Right. And so trying to find that flow and that space of honoring the different ways and working with the intention of each physical space of a room. You just because you just don't want a lawnmower in the kitchen. You (laughs) won't be inspired to cook. (laughs) I was listening to how respectful that sounded when you were talking about just cover the workout equipment and then uncover it in the morning. It's not like saying you can't have it in here because I want it my way. It's saying we can find a way that works for both of us. And I think that's really important in any kind of relationships and shared space is how do we come together and honor both of us in a way that we both feel comfortable and at home in our completely different organizational styles? Oh, absolutely. And another suggestion that I often make, and I've worked with a lot of couples and I love, I actually love working with couples, um, is that they may have completely different tastes and preferences. You know, it's kind of like you've got, you know, the Laura Ashley and Hunter Lodge, right? (laughs) And it's like, oh boy, how are these two going to get together? So I often recommend making certain that, that, that each individual have a space in the home that is absolutely their own little corner in their own little neck of the, you know, neck of nook 
and cranny space that they can, if it can be a whole room, that's fantastic, right? If it's just a corner or a section of a room that you, you know, create and decide, okay, this is going to be my space to express my tastes and preferences and, you know, engage my particular organizational style, I'm going to have at it. And I remember um, meeting a gentleman um, networking who described the two offices in his home. His wife happened to be very creative and very colorful and, you know, more of that I spire. And he was more of the mind melder who had to have, you know, pretty pristine, you know, clear, clear space and not a whole lot on the wall where she was colorful and artwork and, you know, all the expression and, you know, they got along beautifully. And part of that is because they each had their individual space to walk into and be inspired by. And I think it's important for, for children to, to have those sacred spaces where they get to express who, who they are, you know, within the, the value system of the family, of course, but to not not suppress a child's um, joys and things that give them comfort. So, for instance, in a child's bedroom, you know, having pictures of things that they they love, but not too much stimulation because it is a bedroom. And you could have a child who's an I spire, but really, really needs that deep restorative rest. And so working with that child to maybe relocate some of the items that have wandered into the bedroom back out to um, a space where um, so that they're getting that deep, deep night's sleep, but but allowing that child their their self-expression and a chance to have a say about how their their room could be an expression of who they are along with their organizational style. This brings me to wondering about technology, because a lot of times there is technology in the bedrooms, especially for the kids. So what do you recommend around that so that it can be a restful place, but still they've got to have their technology? Um, I, I feel pretty strongly on this one um, because there are now more and more um, stories and documentaries about the um, addiction and suicide rate of young people and, you know, social media and just how some of these tools have been designed to be addictive yes, and that dopamine hit and the blue light now that keeps the brain active, um, you know, shutting things down at 730. And I think the best thing that uh, that parents can do is model this behavior because you can't, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And it's more profound to model and be the example of the shift that you want to create in your, in your home. So if you're interacting with technology and keeping it in your bedroom and not sleeping well at night, you know, then it becomes this kind of pervasive thing. So I think for parents to be be the change that they want to see in their household around technology and make sure that they've shut it down, you know, at a particular time and, you know, put, put it away and modeled that so that, uh, you know, children can see that, oh, wow, mom and dad can put away the technology. I remember being on a walk in a park with uh, and, and being just so disheartened by these um, parents. And I, 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 you know, and I work to hold space and not be judgmental, but I just uh, observe these two little girls reaching up to hold the hands of their parents on a Sunday afternoon. And both parents had 
technology in their hands as they were out in this beautiful natural setting of a park and the girls just kind of like looking up and 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 the parents completely ignoring these two children. Mm. And it was just sort of like, wow, it's a Sunday afternoon. You know, could they, is it possible just for those 40 minutes that those parents could have put their technology away? Um, You know, I guess it's just, what do you value? Do you value the interaction and time and quality time with other human beings or is work so pressing that it's you know like the tension right that balancing act of and and I guess each person has to do that deep dive discovery to figure out what's the most important thing yes and um and and to yeah so we do know like there's science and and what's great about feng shui, even though it's this ancient art, um, there's now neuroarchitecture. So it, it, there, there's science now, neuroscience, that backs up a lot of the recommendations, which would be to have the technology out of the bedroom, which would be to have the TV out of the bedroom so that you can get a restorative good night's sleep, children and parents alike, um, and really uh, hold hold to that. And and you could even do an experiment. I often encouraged people, you know, back in the day when it was just the TV and not cell phones and laptops and iPads, but just televisions to experiment with having a television out of the bedroom, you know, for a week or for a month and see if that makes a difference, especially if people aren't getting a good restorative night's sleep, you know, because that, that's always the deeper question. Right, Cheryl, you've got, I, I, I often ask people, it's not about these rules and regs of, of feng shui wisdom. It's more like, okay, what's happening in your life? Yeah. And is there something that, and if you're so, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, well, is there something in your physical space that, because this is where I go. I mean, there may be lots of things, right? Things in your heart, things in your mind, you know, um, situations, you've lost a lot of people um, to, you know, they've died or, you know, whatever challenge you might be facing in your life. But then is there something in the physical space that's just adding and layering on to everything else that you're navigating? And is there a way to calm down that space so you can get the restorative sleep? So another idea along those lines is, is you know, placing the be- the bed or your desk in what's called the command position so you have a view of the door because it literally calms down the nervous system when we can see the door and have a view of the door and we shift out of the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system um, and it and it really supports that restorative um, night's rest and i had a client who had whose head of the bed was um not she did not have a view of the door at all and but I rather than just immediately coming out with that recommendation I just I looked at her and I said are you sleeping deeply at night and she said yes and I said I just said nothing and 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 all well I said well what else is happening in your bedroom um that is supportive of you what are you noticing isn't um you know what in here is aligned with the intention of your bedroom and what isn't. 
And so asking those deeper questions was really meaningful. And I did say, if you ever get to a place where you're having a bumpy night sleep and it's really persistent, you might consider relocating the bed so that you can have a view of the door. Um, But it was just kind of a gentle suggestion as opposed to, well, you need to... (laughs) You know, you need to turn around the bed. <laughs> so I think I'm I'm all about, you know, really honoring meeting people where they are um, with their physical space and on their um, self-discovery journey. So and I think that person was able to hear that idea and not as my agenda as this expert, but more like, hey, it's something to consider. And, you know, and I'm gently putting it on the table for future consideration. I love that question. I want to circle back to it. You said, what about this? And I want to expand it to any room. So we could literally walk into any room in the house and say, what about this room is aligned with your purpose for this room? And what isn't? Is that a great starting place to kind of look around and sum up? Is this working for me? Or is this not? Absolutely. Well, and, and one of the first things I did was I, I hired somebody to, to, you know, like I was so excited about this wisdom, right? That I was still learning. I was still growing. I was still working to understand. And I was so excited to work with this woman. And, and it was great because she was able to bring in fresh eyes and a fresh perspective. And she completely honored me. But one of the things that she discovered very quickly and, and offered, um, gently as a suggestion was, you know, can, you know, what is the purpose of each of these rooms of your home and maybe sit down as a family and have a discussion about what each space is for and why, why, when you walk in there, what do you do? (laughs) You know, what do you want to do? And then what's happening? And then are all the belongings supportive of that of that intention. And then more importantly, you know, what's kind of the the quality of life that you want to experience? Because I think a lot of times when people let, let go, what they, what they really want to enter into their lives are experiences. You get to a particular age and you just don't need another tchotchke. Mm-hmm. You just don't need another thing. But what you really, really want is that sweet kiss from a lover, <laughs> you know, and, and so it's like, oh, well, if that's really the experience that you desire, well, then let's go about creating pathways to that experience. I love that. In fact, in your book, Cherish Your World, I'm going to hop to the other book real quickly. One of the things that I skimmed over right before talking to you that I remembered from reading it before, it's it's a hundred different tips, things you can do in your life to help create the life you really want. And it talked about if you're wanting to attract a romantic partner, is your home all about the singular? Is it single things or is it pairs of things is it what what does it say to that prospective partner that might want to come into your life and I love that because we do we get used to being single or whatever and our house starts to reflect that and it doesn't look like I'm ready for a partner 
Oh, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and <laughs> I remember that, you know, you share these ideas with all your friends and then they, you know, it's great because they become your guide. Right. <laughs> and I remember being in that place of, you know, a, a marriage had ended and I really did want um, to attract, um, be open to a, a healthy, self-aware love relationship. And I was doing a lot of deep inner work and I was on the phone with a friend who said, Laura, go walk in your bedroom. What's in your bedroom? And sure enough, I had this beautiful photograph of a, of a woman, single woman in a natural setting, um, a gorgeous national park. I think it was Arches National Park or whatever it was. And her back was to me in a yoga pose. And it was interesting because I had purchased that print when I was in the context of the the 22 year marriage and it became my anchor for my singlehood. It's almost like some part of me knew that I was going to be single and it was a bridge to that place. And I had it in my office space at the prior home. And in the, in the moment of seeing it, it was like, Oh wow, that needs to come down. So as much as I loved the image and the beauty it evoked, I realized it, it didn't anchor what I actually wanted because our belongings can actually be environmental affirmations for what we want to uh, experience yes. in our lives. So I made, a, I made a collage of couples, you know, hugging and laughing together and, you know, having coffee. And, you know, I got magazines and I was clipping out pictures of all of these couples or beautiful images of pairs of things. And, you know, and I, and I put that up on the wall and it, it was, it was so wonderful because, um, you know, along with lots of other things I did in my inner world, it began to really affirm what I, what I wanted to experience. And, uh, and lo and behold, I'm, I'm three years in a lovely self-aware loving relationship now in my life, right, right at this juncture of our, of our conversation. So I know it's possible to have that vision board, to have those belongings that deeply inspire a future experience that you want to have. Is it foolproof? No, you must do the inner work. You actually must date. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like you just stand and stare at the the collage and <laughs> meditate and then think some guy, you know, is going to come knocking at, or, you know, whoever you're attracted to and want to attract whatever partner, right. Is going to just, you know, I mean, maybe that would happen, <laughs> but usually it doesn't, it doesn't work exactly that way. Um, it's like telling all your friends and letting people know in your life that you're, you're ready to take actions and, either online or in person, be putting yourself bravely out there to um, be in conversation and meeting lots of different people um, and letting, letting them know, yeah, I'm, I'm open and I'm receptive and I, I keep doing the deep inner work to be the love that I want to attract. Well, you know, and the same thing happened to me around abundance. So I have this story that I share because it was a powerful moment for me where I was 
in my house and I was barely making it month to month. And this was after my big awakening and, and I'm teaching law of attraction and abundance, but I'm like, where is my abundance? I get the theory of it, but why, why don't I have this? And I was, it was kind of like an angry prayer to, to source creator God, like, where is my abundance? And as loud as if it was in the house with me, I heard, look around you. And I opened my eyes and I looked around the house and it was everything I inherited from, from deceased relatives. It was, it was my hand-me-down life. And I kept all those things because they were supposed to mean love, but I didn't love them. And I really got it at that moment. Like I need to let this stuff go and bless it on its way to a home where it can be loved and create a space for what I love and make this a home I love. And so I, I know that feng shui can be those big moments like that, or just as simple as replacing single things with paired things. Like it can be big changes and small changes as you allude to in your books. Oh, most definitely. And I love that you shared that. Well, and did, and did abundance in all its forms show up for you? Oh, all its forms. And I, the auction house that came and took the antiques away that I was ready to part with, I, every one of them, I like, as I held it, I, I really said, thank you. Thank you to my family for, for bringing it to me. And thank you that I can send it on and please find a home that will love you. And the lady called me and said she got record bids for most of the stuff. So she's like, your check's on the way. Enjoy it. And I think I'm going to hear from you again. And, and it just got me moving. It got my energy moving, which is, is a big thing to say in 2020. If you're feeling stuck, move some stuff in your house because it will move your energy. Oh, oh, I love that so much. Well, and the area of um, prosperity and the wisdom of feng shui is all about practicing inner gratitude. Yes. So, you know, and I love that you thanked every item, which, which is part of my practice too, even though those were items that I had, I, di- I discovered I actually loathed those hand-me-downs. Mm-hmm. I still thanked them because the truth is they had served me just like those Um, heirlooms and furniture from your deceased beloved ones had served your life, right? And, you know, that shift in gratitude is so profound. And and that alone can be such a game changer and a life changer when you look around and you appreciate everything, even all the forms of clutter, right? Absolutely. (laughs) That may have, you know, shown up in your house because, you know, it's there guiding you to the very next awakening. And, yes. it, and it's so exciting because that, yeah. And, and just having that appreciation, it's like appreciating the hardest experiences we've had, right? Yes. The difficult relationships, the difficult interactions, because we've learned something. We've learned about boundaries. We've learned about self-love. We've learned about, you know, how to walk away and not be non-reactive you know, we've learned who we want to be, you know, it's kind of like you learn from, uh, you know, a difficult person, how you don't want to be a difficult person. Right. (laughs) Right. You just, it's like, Oh, what are the, what are the contents of my character that I really want to cultivate here that will, uh, have me attract really high quality people um, that, you know, just kind of take me forward on my path. But sometimes the difficult ones really jettison us in all kinds of ways because we have to do that deep, deep, deep dive inner work. 
on yes. ourselves. Well, and the one other thing I want to add about an inheritance, because I've had that, I've told that story to people that inherit things from their loved ones. And they're like, yeah, I don't know how to part with this or that because, you know, I love them so much and it reminds me of them, but I really don't like it. For me, it was about holding on to the love and letting the thing go. Take a picture of it, do whatever, hold on to the love and let everything else go. And I just know that those things went to a happier place and my loved ones on the other side are smiling that it, that I let it go and that they're in a better place and I'm in a better place. And it can really be a win-win-win when we're ready to do it. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, trust me, I get that question all the time from participants at workshops and and clients, you know, how, you know, how, and, and of course, you know, if you need to do, you know, some further grieving, but, but, uh, you know, I think we get this very strong message from loved ones that they want us to be happy. And if they really, really, really meant that, um, then, you know, your happiness is in that freedom. Right. And yes. knowing and trusting that that physical item is going to be treasured and beloved by another person. And I and I completely agree with you. And, and you know, like, good for you for doing that brave work, because for some people that takes that takes tremendous courage uh, to, you know, take a belonging um, out of their space that they honestly just don't like. But it came from a, a deceased uh, beloved one. Yeah. It's all about doing things when we're ready and trusting in the divine timing of it all. And thank you so much. That's what I want to kind of wrap this up with is your book does a beautiful job of painting that picture. When you say let go courageously and live with love, it's all about, it's, it's an easy read. It's a quick read, but it's a deep journey into what it looks like to let go of people, places, and things and to let in the next thing, the next love, the next, that, that open space to the self-love, it all comes through letting go. So thank you for writing this beautiful book, Laura. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for the, the, this conversation. I've enjoyed it immensely. Same here. I have too. So you can find both of these books on the description of the podcast. The other is Cherish Your World. It's a lovely, I think it's a lovely gift book. Gift somebody the idea of ways they can change their life over 100 days, 100 different ideas. Um, Beautiful work. I'm so glad to know that you're out there doing this. And they can reach you at CherishYourWorld.com. Yes, that's correct. And, And if I could mention, I do have a third book called Live Inspired. Perfect. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that as well. And we can learn more about that on your website. Yes lovely. Thank you so much. And thank you listener for joining us. Let us know what you thought. Place a comment, click like, follow, send us some love at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. We'll take all of it. And join us next time, won't you, on Exploring Possibilities.